Hello, adventurers, and welcome back. Big thanks to our patrons, Ryan Donnelly, Daniel Nichols, Brian Dowling, Haley Munoz, and Jolene Fresquez, along with many others in our show notes. Last episode, while Scott Muir and Sophie were planning on entering the great forge of the Bloodwood Dwarves, and Cordelia's training to enter the Temple of the Elements on the other side of the world, we announced we were going to check in with Vash and Zorin as they made their way to the south, seeking, well, friends. The kind of friends a smuggler and swashbuckler might find in these parts, of course. Well, unfortunately, the storm rolled in and their progress has been stalled, common for the high steps this time of year. Let's instead check in with Una and Dabria as they follow the grim shadow of Ash de la Rosa's voice into the giant lands, seeking ancient Stroth. As they travel, though, Dabria's memories continue to haunt her, showing shades of her past, lost on a distant shore. Dawn Dragons, Season 6, Episode 3. Dark Sisters. further. One more row. Come on, girl. You have it. There. <laughs> we did it. He heard the soft waves and the seabirds in the distance and, walking fifteen paces or so, came to the edge of the high cliff. Waves licked the cliffside far below his feet, casting a faint white foam about in the mist. His heart was at peace here. Finally, he looked back to the towering windmill he called home these recent years. Standing silhouetted against the sun, its core of brick and stone stood like an ancient tower. Four wicker and burlap arms caught the sweet and salty breeze, turning them gently. He smiled to himself, turning back to face the draft that drifted up the dark slate cliffside, carrying the fresh surf air with it. Drawing a deep breath, he opened his eyes and looked at his feet. Something stood out now that he hadn't noticed before. His brow furrowed in recognition as he knelt down on the green cliffside grass, noting a single bright blue flower. The petals were similar to a lily, but only as large as his thumbnail and hidden partially amongst the clover. No, not yet. Just a little more time, please. 
Papa. Hey. Oh, hello, child. Sorry, I was just thinking. How are you, Angel? Good. So, can I help sow the seeds now? Yes, of course. I have them right here. Hold still, and there you are. Ready to go. Here we go. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Just hold on a minute. Wait for me, child. No, don't just toss them. Look softly, like this. He couldn't help but laugh at her gentle defiance. He dipped his head, wreathed in white mutton chops sideburns as he slung a second bag of barley seed over his shoulder to join her. His icy blue eyes smiled in the cool breeze and bright sunlight. Sister? Hmm? Oh, uh, yes, Una? No, nothing much. Just curious what's on your mind is all. You haven't said much as we've crossed the mountains. Even when we saw the bear back there, you... You didn't think I was going to just kill it, did you? Oh, no. No, in fact, I'm glad you didn't. But I just didn't expect you to just, you know... Well, I guess it could seem a bit strange for me to not just destroy everything in our path, right? Yeah. Well, the sleep spell should be wearing off now that we're gone. You, you think he's okay? Okay. Who's acting weird now, dark sister? <laughs> Where is the creepy voice and spooky riddles? Soon you will be a, a farmer or something. <laughs> a farmer? I killed a cactus. <laughs> you know this. Yup, I sure do. I remember you vowing to never try to grow anything again. <laughs> yep, and I plan on keeping that vow. But maybe I am getting a bit soft, too. Whoa! Una, we aren't soft. Don't ever mistake my sparing a bear for weakness. He... he just... A toy bear from her childhood sprung to her mind. As did the smiling eyes of her father. She closed her eyes and shook her head slightly, willing the vision away. Oh, I get it. I, I'm sorry, Dark Sister. I just... well, never mind. It... it's no matter, Una. Look, there, beyond that hill, that looks like a town. It does. <gasps> oh, no. No time. Must keep going, my sister. She says we are almost, almost there.
here. Una pulled back her hood, allowing her eyes to see the height of the stone reliefs, time-worn on the dark granite cliffside. There was a salty smell to the air, an old smell. They stood in the shadow of the setting sun, which dipped below the face of the western cliff opposite them. They were in a split of stone that stretched for miles and stood a few hundred feet high, a clean rift between the mountains of Bloodwood and Scothy. Ugh, whatever was on that wall is blasted from the wind and ice here in this Northland. It, it looks like giant snakes? No. People? Both? Ugh. Well, that was probably a skull at some point. I don't know. You... you sure this is Stroth? Yes, Stroth. Once a holy place. Now, just an ancient forgotten tomb. Hmm. Come, let's go. dark, sister. Do you? Wait, Una. Here. One moment. Here's the torches. One, one second. Ah. Okay. Here you go. Wait. Yes! Wait. We're almost there. Una! Come, sister! Hurry! This place is dark, unholy. Dabria walked briskly, keeping Una within sight as she followed her hasty jog down the damp stone hallway. There was a smell of must and ammonia in the air that stung her nose slightly, but it was old and faded, ancient. She felt the stone wall to her right and noticed carved symbols and pictures, some that were familiar to her. Lion's fear, the hungry bear, the law that rots, a thorn's revenge, the dead that is not dead. Wh what this, this is. Ah, go back to your hell, demon. Una, hold on. What in the dark abyss are- They were in a large inner chamber where the torchlight was minimized by a blue-green moss that glowed from the distant walls and illuminated a shambling mass. Ten feet around and twice as high as either of them, long, powerful tentacles dropped to the ground and propped it up as it heaved towards the pair. Driving into the ground, it pulled up a streaming skull. Blue fire of the animated undead, glowing in its open jaw. Duck! Whoa! Another tentacle whipped past Dabria to retrieve a rib cage clad in sparse, rusted chainmail. A single spiked pauldron, rusted and bent around the collarbone, painfully grazed Una's back as she lay prone on the ground. 
The skull was slammed into the ribcage as other limbs joined, rapidly creating a writhing warrior, glowing in blue-green flames. Una, get that thing. I'm going after the warrior. Yeah. Dabria dove at the skeletal warrior as it hit the ground, feeling her body ache, not with an expected heat of flames, but with a bone-cracking cold that rocked her body. Ah! Screaming, she gripped its head between her forearm and her blackened steel breastplate. In her other hand, she drew her whip, striking the tentacle as it swung at her. Dropping to the ground, she rolled and felt a satisfying pop in her arms. Standing up, she smirked as she tossed the detached skull to the ground. But she looked up in horror. Five more screaming warriors were being assembled in the glistening, unspeakable mass above her. She rubbed her arm, prepared for another strike. Una, hurry! A shockwave rippled out from Una's outstretched hands, dropping Dabria's cheek to the cold stone floor. The mass ripped apart in a thousand shrieks. Wisps of teal smoke faded into the air as the ground clattered with the bones of the lifeless dead, laid to rest once more. Whoa, that, that was perfect. <laughs> Teamwork. <laughs> uh, well, is, is that it? Back there? Yes, yes, that's it, my sister. Come, come now. Dabria stopped to gather the dropped torches that still burned on the ground as Una ran to the carved stone object sarcophagus in the center of the wide chamber. A statue of a tall man in a robe with a long pole stood above it, one hand placed over the lid, protecting it, or protecting the world from it. Around the base were markings, unknown but familiar markings. Hey, doesn't that look like the one in the Nether Springs? Oh, wait, you weren't there. Una, wait, don't go near it yet. Una! I'm here, my little girl. Almost there, my master. A heavy stone lid slid to the side by its own power as Una approached it, welcoming her, the statue's hand moving out of the way as it passed. Una peered inside. She saw it. It was just like her visions and her dreams, a midnight blue staff as long as she was tall, shaped like a spinal column and topped with a blackened skull. I can see you. Wait! As Una's hand wrapped around the staff, she felt a wave of power wash over her. She (laughs) chuckled slightly. Lifting the staff out of its tomb, she stood it next to her. Dabria saw that the eyes flare with a green glow for an instant as Una's head lolled to one side, like a doll's. Una, Una, are you okay? Her head snapped back to look at her friend. Her eyes blazed with power and a newfound confidence. She stood stronger, taller now, looking at the green glow of the skull, an uncharacteristic crooked grin split her once familiar face. 
<laughs> oh, Dabria. <laughs> I, I am more than okay. <sighs> Come, you and I have much to do. And there is little time. Appearing in this episode, Dabria, the Death Cleric, J.D. Rose, Una, the Oracle, Becky Atchley, Dabria's father, Tyler Cauldron, Ash De La Rosa, Shannon Roby, Kildor the Narrator, Mike Atchley. All music in this episode is written and performed by Mike Atchley and is available wherever you stream your music. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Dice Tower Theatres, Dawn of Dragons. Please join us in thanking our magnificent cast by leaving a review on your favorite podcasting platform. In our next episode, we rejoin Zorn and Vash on the familiar streets of Port Lafour. Will they find any friends that could have survived that night of fire and fury? And ultimately, the question remains, is Lord Palace still in control? Stay tuned for when we return next month or jump ahead by joining our patron at any level. Until then, adventurers, stay safe and remember the oath. <laughs>